All right, so this is your boy, Elton Anderson, a.k.a. Detroit Chopra, and I am back with another episode. Now, this episode is super uh, special to me. I, I, I was looking for a deeper word, but special is word enough. So I'm here with my really good friend, Barony, and this is my girl. Like, you know how people say that's my friend? Like, this <laughs> is absolutely one of my favorite people in the world, and... Uh, speaking of world, she's currently in Bali. And the reason why I have her on today's show is, one, because she's awesome. And two, uh, she is my confidence coach. We'll get into that later. But three, at the beginning of this year, I started a 52-week abundance challenge. And the focus of it is not only just investing in the stock market, but also investing in yourself, investing in your self-worth, your self-love. And Barony is actually like my first case study. Uh, I got her into the stock market back in September. And since then, she has more than doubled her money. And she just has so much confidence in her financial, in her personal finance space now. She's had confidence in so many other parts of her life, but now it's finally coming down to the finances. So as we start this year and as we start this challenge, I thought it was important to have somebody who's who's just learned how to get into the stock market. And so you guys can hear from her and see where she's going. So enough of that. We'll talk more about all this later, but I want to invite and welcome my dear friend, Barony, to the show. What's up, boo? I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. You know, I'm just, what's that word? Remember that word I told you? There's that Yiddish word, kveling. Oh. Like, <laughs> I'm just, because I'm just excited, you know, like, You've been on this journey with me. Like you started it. It's this all started with you, this one piece of the puzzle. Well, it technically started with you, but I get it. I appreciate see Barony is always giving compliments, but she needs to learn how to take them too. Cause yes. she is so awesome. But yeah, Barony, so tell us about yourself. You're you you're clearly from New York. So tell the people about yourself a little bit. <laughs> so Yes, you're right. Born and raised, um, Staten Island, New York, half Sri Lankan, half German. And mm -hmm. can we talk about that mix really quick? Yeah, well, so <laughs> what happens when your parents are in the, your dad goes to the Peace Corps, winds up in a village in Sri Lanka, you know, and away you go. <laughs> How did a German and a Sri Lankan get together? That is so interesting. Uh, but go ahead, continue. <laughs> so, well, it's actually funny because, you know, so on that Jewish side, I was raised with the idea that you save money, you're good with money, mm -hmm. right? This is ingrained. We hear about yes. this all the time about the Jews. Um, <laughs> clearly, I don't actually know where Sri Lankans stand on that. I will just tell you that I didn't follow in any of the footsteps, listen to anything that I was told to do. Um, <laughs> No, I, I think mindset. No, I think from what you told me, um, Sri, Sri Lankans operate in love. It's more of a, it's more of a feminine thing. Like if your family, we're going to take care of you. If yes. if if you're my child, my sister, you'll be okay. So I think that that's that's very equivocal to how my mother is, and she's from Liberia. So yeah, it's always like the family's going to be okay no matter what. Yeah, and extended, and then family comes first, right? Exactly. Like above savings and above 
Yes. You know, and it does for Jews as well, but it's different. So like, and you can relate to this, and we've talked about this so many times, like when you're in a Sri Lankan family, and this is where I think the Sri Lankans and the Jews get along. Like, it's like you go buy a two bedroom house. The second room is not the guest room. It's guest <laughs> room. Really, it's for one of your parents or when yep. your parents need to move in with you. And you, you go into adulthood knowing that you are there. You will take care of your, your parents. Like, that's your role, your parents. Mm. Like, I, I'm so glad you brought that up, Barony, because it's, I, I, I want to get into the cultural part of money because mm-hmm. in my mind, it was ingrained that I would take care of my parents when they got older because my parents took care of their parents when they got older. And it, then it's like, okay, I don't have kids. I'm probably not going to have any anytime soon. You don't have children. And, and what are you, what are you now? You're 44. Yeah. You, you look amazing. 44 <laughs> is the new 24. And so as a 44 year old woman, um, who doesn't have children mm. and you know, for the most part, you've expressed to me that, you know, if it happens, it happens, but you're not really. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not like, um, like, let's go. Let's go. Right. And so with that said, with that mindset of like your children take care of you, we're in a position where we have to take care of ourselves. Yes. And what can you tell me about that, that realization or that epiphany when you were like, wow, I got to take care of myself <laughs> and Kind of give us your money journey. Okay. It's such an interesting story. So here's, here's how it started for me. Um, so you know how we talked about Sri Lankans, like you just, the way I was raised, like I, it's cultural. So we were first generation in the States and there were always people, somebody was coming. Like I was born in the seventies and somebody was coming. It was a war torn country. Remember, like people were fleeing with just one suitcase and kids were being torn out of their house. So I remember very specifically getting a Malibu Barbie. um, And I like, we didn't have a lot of money as it was. And I really wasn't into Barbie until I decided like my friends had it. And I didn't actually, this is what, this is actually really funny. (laughs) I didn't get Barbie. I got the little house thing that you could put water in the pool but I didn't actually own a Barbie to use with the house thing because <laughs> couldn't like afford the Barbie. And so my mom got me the house, but not the Barbie because she's Sri Lankan and like, you don't know any better. It's this, Barbie. That, that was your first real estate investment. I love that. Yeah, Continue. It said Barbie on it. So it was a Barbie <laughs> to her. But so my cousins came and I think I had this Malibu dream house for like one week. And they had no toys. And she took my toy and she gave it to my cousins. Mm. If I got new clothes, it got given to my cousins because they were all like fleeing this country. And like, you know, back then I was like, what? You're taking my stuff away. But as I got older, and so we also didn't have a lot of money growing up. Um, And my parents and my dad too, you know, my parents were divorced and they, you know, had lots of other things. And it wasn't actually that they were in some cases and you know, like you and I have to talk about this too as well. Like shaming our parents is not something, you know, talking yes. about their business, airing their, their laundry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be very careful about this because I want to make it my story and still have that respect for my parents. But we had, you know, 
just money wasn't flowing. And so I grew up very keenly aware about how much things cost and, you know, friends had the nicest thing X and the right pair of jeans. And then when the trend changed. And so I was always sort of keenly aware that I didn't ever feel like I fit in because I didn't have like, or my parents couldn't just run out and buy me. Like when Converse came in style, like I had to wait until it was time to buy new school clothes or I had a birthday or Hanukkah was coming yeah. up. We couldn't just go and like buy shit because we couldn't afford that, mm. you know? And so we're just going out to fancy restaurants and we always had amazing food in my house. My parents were really into, um, there was always food and I didn't appreciate this then to feed other people. My friends were welcome to come over, but I remember going to a friend's house and they didn't have necessarily enough money to have me over for dinner. So money was something that, yeah, it was actually, I remember um, my dad always picking me up before it was dinner time because he was aware of it. And so I grew up having this awareness around money. But what happened was instead of having that feeling of, I better fucking save. Like, so I worked from the time I was 14. I worked all throughout college. I had a, a full scholarship to college mm-hmm. because otherwise like my parents were like, you didn't get good enough grades that we're going to pay for you to go to like a private school. Like if wherever I would have gotten into is where I would have gone in a state school, which is still a good option. But you know, like it wasn't like I could just go wherever. Yeah. So <clears throat> I had the relationship constantly with money of feeling lack instead of, which was very odd because I even remember my grandfather taking me to Bloomingdale's to buy me this prom dress because I wanted to feel like I fit in. And my dad didn't want me to get this dress because if you can't afford it, if it's outside of your means, you don't buy it. What's the big deal? Like you just don't buy it. Yeah. Right. But I wanted to feel like I fit in. And my grandfather took me there and he said, and he sat me down first and he said, and I can remember it like it was yesterday. And he said, I want you to understand that you don't need a dress to be beautiful. Mm. You shouldn't need something that is outside of your means. Like what's important is what we have together. Now they were Holocaust survivors and I'm just going to shut that. I'm sorry. They were Holocaust survivors. And, you know, for them to be able to have this life was good enough. So what winds up happening later on in my life is I become very material oriented and I'm, oh. I'm actually really proud to say this and to have this realization because it held me back for so long. My desire for nice things. A year ago, I think I would have been uncomfortable saying this. I think I would have felt a lot of shame in saying this. And right now I feel a tremendous amount of freedom in saying it. And a lot of that came about because of our discussions, like this freedom and where I got to today. And this is where you're going to have to take the compliment came from you helping me to see where my real freedom and financial freedom lay and that not feeling ashamed of what I hadn't done, just what I could do in the future. You know, and my, and my parents, my dad especially, talked to me a lot about, you know, worrying about my savings. And we're going to get into a really big chunk of money that I received and lost. But he always worried about my financial future because he saw, like, I remember once he opened a credit card bill and it was like $1,500. 
but I was not making even $1,500 a month. So when he saw that credit card bill, I was working in advertising. He was like, what the fuck are you buying? Because it said Lord and Taylor, Lord and Taylor, Lord and Taylor. And he was and, like, you don't, Lord and Taylor is not your investment. <laughs> and Verity, it's funny you brought, I, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that material side because uh, a lot of people don't realize that's what they're doing. And when you said you spent $1,500 on a credit card, I'm like, I, you know people with $15,000 and $50,000 worth of stuff on a credit card. And mm. so $1,500 is not that bad. <laughs> but no, well, we'll, get to the, we'll get to the real chunk of what I, <laughs> what I spent that wasn't on a credit card because I just spent it in cash. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I really like that you brought up the, the, the word scarcity and lack because that is such a... Uh, that is such a vibration, honestly, that a lot of Americans are in. And so you you currently live in Bali. That's where we met. And that's where we fell in love, the friend love. But, uh, <laughs> and so in Bali, what I realized, and, and Bernie, you can, you can uh, correct me on this if I'm wrong or give your opinion. But in Bali, I realized that there is a, more feminine approach to money. And what I mean by that is when you think of masculine versus feminine energy, masculine mm -hmm. energy is all American. It's like thinking with the head, it's like grind, hustle. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to get to the top. I'm competitive. I want to have the new Range Rover. I want to have the new Prada shoes, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And we're in this bubble of competition and lack because you feel like if you don't have what that other person has, then your self-worth is tied to that. Mm -hmm. On the opposite side, Bali, you know, I don't even wear shoes half the time. I don't even, I, I, I wear the same three things every day in Bali and I feel so abundant. And what I realize is that that's because Bali has that feminine energy. It's that mama Bali. That's why we call her mama Bali. And when you're, when you're in a place that abundance is everywhere, you kind of start feeling and understanding that I don't have to chase money, I can attract it. And mm -hmm. the way you attract it is by building different channels where money can flow to you because money is like water. And I, I, I use this analogy where my investment style is how I live life. And I'm a Pisces, total water sign. You're a Cancer, water sign too. Hey, boo. And, um, and so when I think of water, I want it to move. Like, I don't want my money to be in a, in a steel pond, mm. in, a, in a puddle, just sitting there. I want my money to be like whitewater rapids going <laughs> up and down and growing and moving because that's why we always talk about flow. That's why we always talk about currency and current because water is literally money water i mean money is literally water and yeah. money is that kind of energy so i just want to talk about that really quick about how you went yeah. from the scarcity mindset to dip your toes into this abundance mindset into abundance so i was deep into the scarcity mindset i was deep into <laughs> i i also was buying my happiness Right. Oh. So I was 
there were things that I didn't have in my life that I was still, you know, I was living in my childhood of what I didn't get. Like I had, I had to do the work. So we talk about, I'm a confidence coach, but the one piece that was missing was I was not confident in my ability to secure a future for myself because I was so afraid of not having a future for myself. So this is the scarcity lack mindset because I grew up having to give things away. Then I got older and I wanted to accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. It got even worse. I went through a, a bad relationship where certain things weren't given to me or were held back for me. I mean, I'm just gonna be really honest. Let's go. I went and bought a BMW, brand new, in cash, an M3. Wow, that's cute, friend. Cute. <laughs> I looked cute in it. I looked real. I looked cute. I love driving it. I felt what good color? every time I drive it. Silver, of course. <laughs> Alloy wheels. Wait, where did you get this Rich. money? Because I'm guessing it was like what forty, fifty thousand dollars. Where did you get fifty thousand dollars from? So yeah, it was actually fifty nine thousand Australian dollars. So yeah. in U.S. dollars, right? It's actually a tiny bit less. But if I had bought that car in the U.S., that would have been like a $39,000 car. So right. not only was I overpaying with my U.S. money, I had gone through a divorce. Um, I didn't, we didn't have an alimony agreement. Um, we sold our apartment, um, which did really well. And I had been really smart in the idea of when I got married was that I said, let's think about our future. Mm -hmm. I actually never wanted, and this is where I have this like really odd analytical mindset. <laughs> Being empathic and not knowing how to save my money. I said, whatever I said to my parents, whatever you would put in for a wedding, could you give it to me to buy a house? That is a good decision. That was a good, give yourself props for that. I do. I give myself props for all of five minutes because what <laughs> happened was I, we sold the house. We made a really, really nice amount on it. I walked away with um, over $300,000. Wow. Yeah. And I won't give the exact figure, but it was, it was well over that. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you, so, so how, how old are you? How many years ago was this at this point? How old are you at this point? I was 39 years old. Okay. So you're 39. So this is like five, six years ago. Savings. I hadn't had any real savings. Mm -hmm. This was my opportunity to secure a very nice, a very nice, if I had invested it future for myself. Right. Right. You might've gone and invested some of that money. Right. I put it into things that, it, that just automatically, they depreciate the moment you leave the lot. Wow. Of so you got, so you got this, this huge lump sum of money, mm. a, a, a potentially life changing lump sum of money. Yeah. And you went and bought a car because of how that car was going to make you feel. Yes. I was unhappy where I was. Um, I was looking to buy my happiness and be happy in another relationship. Um, I spent more, almost 
more than half of that money over the next three years, four years on trying to fix my relationship with money, um, going away to places like Bali um, and spending money like it was growing on a tree somewhere. Wow. And this was, and would you say, and thank you for sharing this because this is super personal and super honest. And I think so many people, it's going to help so many people because we've all been there. We've all been in a place where we think buying something or uh, giving gifts to another person or, mm-hmm. or driving in something is going to heal whatever issues we have within us. And would you say that works or no? <laughs> no, it works for a moment. And here's the thing. It's like any other drug. What was happening was that I was unhappy. I was in jobs that I, I wasn't happy with. I would have this really horrible day and I'm you know, really into fitness. I eat really healthy. I don't drink a lot. And so I would go out. So I needed an outlet, right? I didn't turn to meditation. I didn't think, ooh, let me invest that and watch it grow to make myself feel better. I thought, let me go buy a bedspread for $300. I don't mm. need I'm going to make my space. <laughs> I talked about making my space nice and feeling good so I would feel good in my space. Ooh. But inside, space. yeah, the inner space didn't feel good. But you thought by making the outer space, you thought those Egyptian sheets, I mean, Egyptian cotton sheets. Wow. I needed those sheets. They were going to help me sleep. And sleep was an issue that, you know, Mm. good sleep is how you would be more productive. But I wasn't going to have good sleep if I wasn't dealing with the issues that were really happening. Wow. So, Barony, this is, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, but that is so deep because we, when did you realize that? When did you realize like, hey, it started, it's, it really, I think I always, not always, I knew that it was a problem about maybe a year and a half ago. Um, I sort of came to the realization and then I was working in a, in the thing that I thought that I really loved. Um, but, you know, like, here's the truth, Elton. We can be really good liars to ourselves. Mm. And I was a master of trickery. I was really good at getting away from my own emotions and hiding. And so it really wasn't until our conversations that I started to be honest about it because I felt safe talking to you about something that I shut down. Like my, my parents tried to talk to me about it for a very long time. And here's the other thing, you know, Okay, I'm going to be really honest. Like, you know, you know, you have a, you know, you know, you have a problem when you hide it from people and you don't. So every time they would try to talk to me about it, I would change the subject. I'm like, I don't want to talk about that. Or da, 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 da. I would just avoid, 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 avoid. I just stuck my head in the sand like an ostrich. <laughs> Yo, this is, well, because. I mean, you've told me the story and we've talked, but I'm like really feeling it right now. It's crazy because I understand, and we talk so much, but I'm still, for some reason at this moment, I'm really feeling it because I know 
that this was something that, you know, when you say you lied to yourself, it's, it's rough because when you have that moment of self-awareness, it's like the waterworks and, you know, during our conversations, there were a lot of tears surrounding money. And I'm not just going to put you out there because, you know, I had uh, an emotional moment with my parents surrounding money. So me and Barity have cried about, I won't say about money, because we, we didn't cry about the money. We cried about our, our, the, the, the damage that money had did to us within. And the mindset that, and the, the feelings that it created in us. Yeah. Because that's the, and this is, I know you're going you're gonna to talk about this, but the, the tension when you feel, I want it, I have to hold on to it, yes. is when it doesn't flow to you. Because this goes back to what you're oh saying about money being like water and it flowing. And the more you try to dam it up or hold it in, you are stopping it from growing. Like this whole thought process around it. But I needed to have a safe space and feel not judged. And you gave that to me because wow. I came the very first thing I said to you, I was like, it's embarrassing to say this. I'm a 44 year old. Oh yeah. I turned 44. I just turned 44, I'm a 44 year old woman. And I don't have a life savings. Like you actually helped me go find, I knew I had some money somewhere, my Roth IRA. <laughs> yes. Right. Yep. Like, but I had to get naked in front of you. Like I had to get comfortable being uncomfortable, which is what I talk about all the time as a confidence coach. This was the one area. And I had to, in order for me to grow, the very first step was I had to say, this is what my mindset is right now and be honest about it. And you asked me a very important question. And this is why I think that this is literally your calling. You asked me, what, what are the thoughts? Like what, when I think about money, what are the thoughts and feelings that I have about it? And I remember I told you I was scared. Um, I felt want, I felt that the scarcity and the lack, but that ultimately I just felt scared about it. And so I hadn't spent all the money that I had gotten from, you know, this, the selling of this house, but now it had dwindled so much that, and again, like, this is hard to say it out loud. I was afraid to look at my bank account. Oh, I've been there. <laughs> I was afraid, like I would transfer money and not look and not want to see the balance because it just kept going and going and going. And you were the the person who without judgment just said to me, that is still a lot of money. So the first thing was to look at this, not in the mindset. And this was something that I really had to make a conscious effort to change was I can't keep looking backwards at what I spent it on, how much I lost. And we went through this. You were like, B, <laughs> you gotta stop. Like you're just not getting that money back. It happened. And then the other part was not that I need to make that money back because that's some arbitrary number that was in the, in the past. I'm looking at the future and the future is, I don't know how much I'm going to make. Set a whole new number for it. Yeah. Triple. Yeah. No, no ceilings. Yeah. But I had to, that was, 
a, that was a huge hurdle that I had to overcome in order to get ready to change my financial future. That, wow, V, this is like, this is so powerful because it's, it's, it is a deeply, it's almost like a spiritual change. It's almost like on a, on a deeply spiritual level, you had to change your relationship with yourself and then that impacted your relationship with your money. So as you transform and, and you know, my favorite word you use is synthesize all the information, uh, (laughs) you get to a place of, of healing. You had a, you had a, and a wound around whatever chakra money is in or abundance is in and you had a wound that you healed. So let's talk about today because today we just talked and um, I started this 52 week abundance challenge and you're the first person that I came to to interview about it because it technically kind of started with you. And I know with you as a confidence coach, you have to understand that you gave me so much confidence within myself because you always tell me like Elton, you can help people with your story. You always tell me that I have the confidence to speak about things like money. I was scared to do it. I was scared to talk about these things on a public forum. And I just want to say thank you for giving me the confidence uh, within myself to be able to to be publicly talking about these things. Uh, But I did want to talk about uh, what your thoughts on this 52 weeks of abundance are. And I also want to hear an update about how much money you'd have made since we started investing. So (laughs) I, when I saw that, I was so excited. I'm going to tell you like, well, I'm lucky (laughs) because you walked me through it in the beginning, but for me, if, if somebody had, had shown up and, I, and I've seen like, yeah, there's like savings things, but you broke it down. The very first thing that got me about it was it was 52 weeks. Like this was something that I could visualize, right? 52 weeks. Cause a year is almost scary. Like a year is like, I can't process yeah. a year for some reason. And this is just the way my brain works. But 52 weeks meant for me, the first thing was each week, I'm going to do something and that's bite size, right? Like I can chew a week. I can get comfortable and overcome hurdles every single week. The other thing for me that is really impactful because I joined your 52 week challenge, right? So I was, you know, I mean, I don't think I was the first one, but maybe I was the second one, but I was (laughs) like, I already, and knowing, you know, like I've already started investing with you. I still want to do this because I know that I'm going to learn what I need to learn in order to have the skill set to carry me through the rest of my life. Yes. Wow. Wow. And it's going to unfold. And that's the thing. It's that investing isn't something, you know, we've talked about this. It's you have to, you you have to start learning and doing the homework. And it was always overwhelming for me before. Mm -hmm or for me before. And now this makes it not overwhelming and not scary. And I still have a little, like, you know, I have to fight that ostrich tendency. So this, there's, there's a few things that really spoke to me. One, it's that you are involved for the 52 weeks. Right. And so I can access you and, and I can ask you things obviously because we're friends, but that there is going to be a guided methodology and teaching me each week and 
you know, by being in a Discord group and being able to getting your updates on a weekly basis, I'm going to be guided through a savings plan that I will develop for myself and be able to farm for myself for the rest of my life. Yes. And you're going to be there every single step of the way. And that's the scary, at least for me, the scary thing was, what the fuck do I do? Like, how <laughs> do I even know where to begin? And you walked me through that process, you know, and it started with me selling off a bunch of shit here to, to undo this needing to own mm -hmm. stuff. Right. So, and you're right. That's a hundred percent. It starts spiritually money. The idea of even trying to invest and building that nest egg can't happen if you don't approach it, I think from a spiritual standpoint and yeah. have an understanding of money from a spiritual aware, have a spiritual awareness about money. At the end of the day, money is an energy too. And every people become millionaires and billionaires by having an abundance mindset if if we're going into the stock market and saying oh i'm gonna lose money oh I, it, it's gonna drop oh it's gonna crash then that's exactly what's gonna happen you're approaching something and you're already giving it negative energy yeah. when you go in there with fear and 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 shame surrounding money. And so it's as simple, even though it's super hard, it's as simple as just changing your relationship, your thought process about money. And why not go into the stock market and say, oh, I know my money can triple. Oh, I know my money can double. And yeah. going in there with that, and that's why it, I do feel like this is my calling because I can hold people's hands because I've been there. Like I just invested my first $100 in 2015 and it's you know yeah, like, i'm on i'm on the path to never have to work again in my life because of the decision i made in 2015 and so if i can do that if elton can figure out how to invest in the stock market literally anybody can and as we sit here today can you tell us about your stock portfolio yeah so <laughs> One thing I really want to say is it is never too late. And that yes. you, you really showed me that. So what you didn't do yesterday, a year ago, it doesn't matter because today is the right day to do it. So we opened up my Fidelity account um, and I bought three stocks. Okay. okay. Which ones? And you helped me. You guided me. You helped me. You know, Which stocks? You just have to do my homework. Telephone? <laughs> Peloton, okay. Tesla. Tesla, we love to hear it. And Apple. Yes. Those are the three stocks. Those are my first three stocks that I bought. And I actually just learned yesterday, or today, yesterday, um, something about how to see how my stocks were performing. But let's just say the very first thing I want to say is my stocks have more than doubled <gasps> in three months. Less wow three months three months more than doubled wow like your money that was just sitting there my money that i didn't even know where it was <laughs> that was maybe making like ten dollars a year wow how does that make no. you feel how does that make you feel like how, how? Oh, fuck. <laughs> would you say confident yeah 
It makes me feel really confident. It makes me, uh, just my entire relationship has just changed with money. Like I don't, a little bit, I get scared sometimes. And I, and I, I sometimes put my head in the sand cause I'm afraid to look at it cause I don't always understand. Um, and that's again, why I'm excited for the 52 week challenge, but it has just blown my mind because there was a time. So here's a really important thing. When I bought Peloton, it went down right away. Yeah. Yeah. I and remember that. I was like, ah! oh my God. I kept texting, Elton, should I sell? Elton, should I sell? Elton, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And you were like, no, this is, this is it. And so this is the part that you have to get comfortable with is get comfortable. And this is what I say all the time in my job is get comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah you gotta learn again you come at it from that lack and scarcity standpoint it's just you're holding on to it you gotta let it go it has to be like water it has to flow and it float baby it flowed that thing is doubling up on you (laughs) i think we said it went up 86 percent. yeah one of them yeah wow so um I love that. That's such a success story. And you you just told me this. I didn't even know. I just was like, "Hey, how's your stocks doing?" You were like, "Oh, they more than double." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "I was like, oh, go off." And I think the biggest thing, and I think the biggest thing you said just now, and I want to really reiterate this as well, is that three months later, you still don't fully understand like everything about the stock market. Like it's so hard. Even five years later for me, I don't fully understand everything about the stock market. But I think what we both did is we brought a an abundant mindset to mm-hmm. the stock market. You see what I'm saying? We didn't yeah. we didn't come in there with fear and lack and scarcity. The simple action of actually buying your first stock, putting your first hundred, two hundred thousand dollars into the stock market is you signaling to the universe that I'm not afraid. Yeah, and it was the most powerful. I remember that night when I made, I had to wait for it to open. Yep. And I told you, I was so proud to tell you that I had bought those stocks. Like the high that I felt from investing in myself, Elton, was unlike the high that I was trying so hard to get when I bought that BMW, when I bought all those shoes, bought a fancy vacation, that high that I was searching for, I was never going to get because I hadn't invested in myself. Wow. So you got a new high. You got a new drug. It's abundance. Yes, <laughs> it is. And my spirit, my relationship, and it was the relationship that I had with it. So I had all this stuff that I had bought here in Bali and that I was surrounding myself with and I was going to bring back to the States. And this is like, was what I was going to show myself that I had accomplished here. And I, and there was this one mirror that I had made and I made myself sell it. Like I loved this Mm -hmm. mirror. There was nothing. Like I would look at it and I could make myself feel better with it. And I made myself sell all this stuff because the attachment that I was having to this material stuff was standing in the way of my financial future. Wow. And having that positive relationship, the high, like, I can't say it enough that when I finally 
but it took you to, to really like help me understand this and walk me through it and understand this abundance mindset. Cause we had to really like go through some rough stuff to get to that point of just purchasing those stocks. And remember, and then they started falling and I still felt like I was on the right track. Yeah. 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 Even, even as they went down. Yes. Cause and you then, bought Tesla stock right after the stock split and it kept yeah. going down and I was just like, yeah. bear, just chill. And so you had to find moments like, well, I'm just not going to look at it. <laughs> yes. And so the way that, and this was actually a little bit different than being an ostrich. It was learning that the obsession for me wasn't good to just keep looking at it and to feel. And also though, what I did practice was when I did see it going red, I would, I would go, thank you. I actually would yes. say thank you. Like, okay, that's cool. It's red. It's gonna go up though. Like it's gonna go up. Yeah, like there's red and green. Like it's not gonna stay red forever. And you know, I don't know how long it's gonna be, and I'm okay with that. And look at you now, doubling up your money. So so as we get ready to come to a close, because uh we're gonna have way more conversations. I think we need to check in every quarter. That'd be fun too. Um yeah, what else I buy? A quarterly check-in. Uh, so with that said, as we come to a close, Barony, because I could talk to you forever and we literally do. Um, where do you see yourself going with this, uh, not with just this challenge, because it's way deeper than 52-week challenge. Uh, we, we always talk, we, we're talking about the soul and spiritual level. So how would you incorporate this new level of financial confidence you've gained into your work as a confidence coach. And what would you tell anybody who's listening who may be in their forties, who may have never touched a dollar, who may be healing from relationships uh, that have caused them and left them broke or, or homeless or even worse, you know, what would you say to these people uh, to help give them the confidence to get out of that situation. Wow. Um, that's a, <laughs> that's a lot. Um, I think, well, let me touch on, on the first thing. So the first thing about having confidence is you have to believe in yourself. You can't look for it. Even if you join the 52 week challenge, you have to have the mindset that I may not know what's going to happen yet. I'm okay with that. I just have confidence in the fact that I'm going to do something for myself that is going to be better for me and for my future. And you just have to believe in that one piece in order to take that first step, which is, is to join the challenge. And the second thing is, is that, it is really hard when you've been traumatized to get out of the trauma loop and to get out of the trauma mm. mindset. And the very first step is having the confidence to actually go, I'm in control of this story that keeps happening. And I can either sit in this trauma story or I can leave that in my past and I can take a step forward into my future. And you might be starting at zero but it's making a choice 
that you look at and you say, I'm making a choice for my future because confidence can only come from within. You can't have confidence. The 52 week challenge is amazing for me because it's going to build on the skill set that I'm developing within myself. It's going to help me continue to build that. And what it's going to give me and everybody that joins it is the lifelong skills that we need to take it when this challenge is over. But that the very first step is being willing to change your mindset around your trauma and things that didn't happen and simply see that there is a future waiting for you if you want it. You just have to want it and you have to, you have to be willing to go for it. And that means you might not have a hundred dollars. And I know, you know, and sometimes, and this is why I didn't want to say exactly how much I invested because the answer can always be, well, I don't have that much. Yeah. And this is the lesson that I really am thankful for being taught when I was younger. You don't have to have a cup of coffee outside. And people say this all the time and you hear this, but the truth is, is pick one thing. I'm not saying go sell off everything, but pick one thing that you're willing to give up and start putting that into your future. Yes. And I, I think too, I'm, I'm glad while you're, you're killing this, we have, I have to go, but this is going to be not the last conversation we have. I think that that is a good point about the amount of money that you start with because we all ultimately start with zero. And I want to say that you can see how like uh, somebody who gets a uh, wins the lottery or gets a big lump sum of money, you can see that if they don't know how to master one dollar, if you, if your dollar is the master of you, Mm-hmm. then you could give that person a billion dollars and they would still not know what to do with it. They would still let it go. But right. on the opposite end, you started with much less in your investment journey and you've already doubled it. Right. So you went well, from, yeah. you see what I'm saying? So that's, it, I think your story is so powerful because of that, because you had the huge life-changing windfall yeah. But your power and your confidence came when you mastered money instead of the other yeah. way around. And I think that's so beautiful. What's that thing you always say? What's that thing you always say? If money was a person, money is my bitch. That's right. <laughs> you do not work for it. it I do not work for the money. Money works that's for me. Right. I'm money. a money. I'm a money pimp. But that's no, right. this was literally amazing. I think uh, I think you were the perfect person to interview for this first week of the 52 week abundance challenge. I miss you dearly. This is my me. me and Barony saw each other every day in Bali, like every single day. <laughs> we would be together every day. And uh, it's beautiful to uh, see her, her, her growth over these last three to four months and also to be a part of it as she ushers in her abundance for the year of 2021. So, Barony, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Barony Shira. How you spell that? B-A-R-A-N-I-S-H-I-R-A. 
Yes, guys, definitely check out her page and her her brand that she's building. It's all about confidence, empowerment, and it's never too late to start anything. 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 If I could say one thing, it's if you don't have the confidence yet to really figure out how to, to, to make this future for yourself, just all you need to do is just sign up for this challenge. Like that is one step you can take for your future. Like it literally is. It's the same thing as like when I took the one step to even open that Fidelity account, right? So sign up for the challenge, get yourself, it's putting yourself on the right track, like, and then celebrate that. That's how you build confidence. I love it. Well, friend, I miss you dearly. We will talk again. Thank you so much for this. I think uh, this is a great start to the year and a great start to this podcast. And I love you so much. I love you. Bye. Bye, boo.